Welcome to Guidepost to the Crossroads. I am William Ramada. This podcast is to help you remember that you have a purpose in life. This is to motivate, inspire, and guide you to a happy, fulfilled life. The world can be a noisy place and we tend to lose focus on the purpose of our individual journeys. I use my various experiences, education, and other modalities to help you cancel out the noise and focus on your needs and desires in your journey. Hello and welcome back everybody to the Guidepost to the Crossroads. And I am your host, William Ramada. I'm opening up with a short poem as usual. This is called A Heart Ablaze. Soothe your soul with tender care and compassion. Take your fears and submerge them in loving awareness. Reach into your being and awaken your inner dragon. Set your heart ablaze and lose yourself in the union. Uh, One of the reasons why I do this podcast is to bring people together and to assist the community in every possible way that we can. And uh, this poem really brought that open, and I believe it'll suit this entrepreneur we have today, who is Lavinia Hankins, and I'll read her bio right here. She is the founder and pioneer of Culture Vegan Joint, that is spelled C-L-T-R-E, which is an all-plant-based cafe in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and it was founded in 2018 as Culture Coffee and Tea Bar. Her love for coffee and coffee shops didn't just start there, however. She was a kid when her father used to sneak sips of coffee to her, claiming that coffee stunted her growth. Her mom would only pique more interest in this unique and bitter drink. Thus, she began traveling across the continent to various local third-wave coffee shops. Most were unique and crafted from the love of coffee culture. She is an innovator, a serial entrepreneur, a disruptor. She does things out of the ordinary to create change. She loves hard and gives opportunities because it's what she wanted, needed, and was provided for on her journey by her mentors. She's building communities and empowering others through my work, through her work and her business. She is here to represent the new way of entrepreneurship. And welcome, love. I'm so glad to have you join me today. Thank you for having me. Yes. Um, that's what I love about your bio. And I saw that you do do a lot of coming together with the community and uh, black business and you have all kinds of artists come by and if you walk into your shop you just see the the showcases of all kinds of material from everybody and and I just found that so often I said I have to reach out to her you know because this is somebody that I really want to meet and to get and get to uh, get to know better so there was a few things um that I wanted to start out with, and it's like, oh, 
what was your interest in your vegan pathway? Like, what brought you to be a vegan and to open up a vegan shop? So I was actually a single mom at the time, and I was dating this guy who didn't eat meat, and he challenged me and was like, you know, you should try it with me for, it was like a couple weeks or 30 days or something like that. I want to say it was like 30 days. And I was like, don't challenge me. I could do it. And <laughs> I did it. Uh, definitely was, was I won't say it was tough, but it piqued my interest in kind of learning more. And so, you know, long story short, I ended up dumping him um, <laughs> for other reasons. And I got with this new guy and who ended up, you know, we ended up being together for like five years after that. But um, I got with him and I challenged him this time we did it together and after that 30 days was up we were like we you know we I think we ate Philly cheesesteaks mm. uh afterwards and we were like um let's go back to that and now six years later of course I flexed throughout the journey I allowed myself time to really grow into the lifestyle and still do, you know, there are times where, you know, I just, I just have to, you know, sit with my, you know, sit with myself and, and the things that my body goes through and make decisions and things like that. But um, overall, the journey has been my own and I've claimed it as my own. And, um, and so I really promote a wholesome journey into veganism. And um, that's been my experience. And so that's, it's it's really been a transformation and not an overnight one, which is what I really enjoy the most because um, I'm in control. Right. Yeah, that, that's very interesting. Um, I am 99% vegan for almost two years. And I say 99% because I do dabble in with some shredded cheese and eggs occasionally, but that's the only thing. Uh, I'm the only one in my house. Everybody else is meat eaters. Uh, my oldest daughter, who's married, her husband's a vegan, and she's a vegetarian. And my youngest daughter, who's visiting me from Italy right now, she is also a vegetarian. But my, my journey started just as like a health thing. And... Um, I'm a, I'm a very intuitive eater. You know, I eat how I feel and it's sort of like what you were saying. So it's just like one day I was just eating a piece of chicken that my wife made and because she's Filipino. She's half Filipino and half black. And she chicken adobo is like one of my favorite dishes. And I ate just a small piece of the chicken. I said, I'm just sorry. I, I can't eat meat anymore. It's just sitting too heavy on me. Yeah. And it's been like two two years now, and I love it. It is a journey, and it is a journey you have to take on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. And, you know, you like you mentioned intuition, and mm-hmm. I think that's a really huge part of this journey, mm-hmm. is that there are going to be times where your ancestors and your bloodline start to peak. Right. And at that time, you have to have a conversation with that ancestral bloodline. And in a, a lot of the time, once you do the research, you learn that, you know, the, the reason why you have 
different um, instincts to eat different ways is because, or, you know, is because of your, of what your ancestors and the people before you have eaten. And although some of the, some of it has been shifted, a lot of it still comes, comes to light. Um, I know for like, you know, you think about how people eat their meat, for example. I mean, some people eat their steak rare. Some people eat it, you know, medium. Some people eat it just well done. And you think about the, the different cultures on the earth who eat their meat in, at different, you know, temperatures and things like that. Mm-hmm. And how their body processes it is so different than someone from a different culture, for example. So I know, for example, like more more European or white people who I know eat their meat more red or more rare versus versus melanated people eat their meat more on the done side. Mm. But then you have, you have like European people who are like, no, give it to me. Well done. Right. Right. And somewhere in there, you know, somewhere either somewhere there's something that's triggered in them. That's like, ah, I need this. I, 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 something in me just doesn't feel right eating this meat this way. Mm-hmm. Um, so for whatever reason, we just have intuitive things that trigger us to eat different ways. Some people in the veganism journey, some people, it, the transition was easy, cold turkey. Mm-hmm. And then there are people who, who it's a lot harder. And then they start to, you know, feel like they're unhealthy or things aren't the way that they, you know, the journey isn't the way that it is for everyone. And, and a lot of it has to do with their intuition. So I love that you mm. mentioned intuition and intuitive eating is really important, especially as it relates to what our bodies are already used to before we were even on this planet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up hunting, um, raising animals for food. So I thought it was going to be harder for me than it really was. And like I said, I started with the health, but um, I know you did it with a boyfriend or whatever, said, okay, let's do this. But has the morality part ever come to you or uh, helping out nature? Because you see a lot of people will go vegan because of the morality of the way that the companies kill the animals and, and mm-hmm. all the damage it does to the earth. So, yeah. Yes, I did have, there was, it was the energy factor. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it was, my hardest part was giving up seafood. And so every now and then, if, if I have the urge or if it's like, yo, I like, I want this in my life right now, <laughs> I will, I will delve into that part of, you know, into that part of my journey and say, okay, well, you know, and then I'm okay after that. I, I can go back to, 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 to my plant-based lifestyle. So I do separate the two terms, plant-based and veganism. Mm-hmm. Um, because I correlate veganism to being more of the protest and then plant-based to being more so of the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, may argue that they're both you know they're that veganism is is both lifestyle and um protest which i can agree with as well but for me in order for me to um manage the labels because i don't necessarily consider myself vegan but i do consider myself plant-based even though i own culture vegan joint it was really the the words i I like the play on words but 
I really, I really promote the plant-based lifestyle so that it, we're saving the earth more. We're helping the animals more. We are spiritually, we're not consuming more, more of the negative energy that goes into killing animals Mm. in the inhumane way that we do here in this country. Right. and so I can't speak for other countries, but I know here we are definitely inhumane when it comes to animals. Um, and so that is that's kind of my take on it is managing the labels. And so with that, I find myself being more compassionate about people um, for people who are really just interested, but they're not ready to go all in. Nice. Um, I know. Yeah, I mean, I know that I turned a lot of people off when I was 100% vegan, um, and, it, and it made me feel worse than what I was actually doing to help the planet and help the animals and, you know, kind of kind of in, in, um, put myself into this community of people who saw it, you know, who saw veganism as a very radical thing versus, <clears throat> versus just understanding where people are. Hmm. And wanting to meet them there. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, meeting people where they where they are. Uh, no judgment, pretty much to say. It's just like you said, help them. That's awesome. Yeah, something I wanted to talk about. Uh, how you you came up with the name? Because uh, your slogan, I I think I saw it on Facebook, or I don't know if it was at the store, but it, you know, it's C L T R E, and then you say culture without the you is that how it's said so the only thing missing from culture is you that's it yeah <laughs> i heard that and i was like that is so clever I was like, and and we did not do that on purpose william really we did not do that on purpose the universe did that for us because the okay so i was like i really want to because we used to be culture culture coffee and tea bar right long game um i started to see that in some branding materials out in the world and some you know things that people were taking some of the vowels out of the words and i was like i like that because our brains even without the vowels Mm -hmm. still insert the vowels right 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 and and for some people they say some people it's easier some people it's harder Either way, it didn't matter to me because I was like, oh, well, people are going to, and most people do read it as culture vegan joint, which mm-hmm. is, I love it. Um, and so then there are like people who are like clitter or <laughs> C-O-P-R-E and they're like control. And I'm like, now it's a conversation, right? Right. So, so when we came up with that name, I was just like going back and forth. Okay. What do I want to rename it? How do we want to rebrand? What you know? What's what's this new culture going to look like? What is this new space going to look like? And I didn't want to give up the name culture, because of the the name itself embodies everything that we're all about, which is really bringing out the exotic person in people, and mm. really just wanting people to express themselves and be who they are, and bring something to the table that doesn't necessarily have to do with the common world or the common people. And so, you know, things that we kind of do in our lives that we would like other people to experience, but we don't know how they'll accept us, you know, or take us or whatever. Um, The music that we create, the art that we create, you know, it's all really exotic things about us that we kind of keep underground. 
Um, and so I didn't want to give up culture. So we did it. And then at the time, one of my employees was like, love, the only thing missing from culture is you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, you're right. That is awesome. And so it just really aligned with everything. And I was like, well, look at that. Hidden truths. Yes, yes. That was so often, yeah, because when I heard that, I was like, oh, gosh, that is creative. Yeah, the universe could do some things for us when we're least expecting it. It just jumps right out at you. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, and you mentioned also um, that you've been, like, all over the continent, like, different coffee shops. Like, you want to let us know, like, maybe one or two places that were, that you went to and, like, what was so different about it that piqued your interest? Like, to say, I would like to do something like this? So, hold on. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um, so, I travel a lot. I take a lot of pictures because I am a forgetter. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, I'm, I'm also from Seattle. The coffee capital of the country. Yep, yep. However, in Seattle, I did not take advantage of all the local coffee shops there. Um, I worked at the time, I worked at Nordstrom. I also worked for J.P. Morgan Chase out there. And um, and so I would just go to, like, Starbucks, which was, I mean, you got Starbucks across the street from Starbucks, across the street from Starbucks, like, around the corner, down the street, up the road. I mean, Starbucks is everywhere. everywhere. Seattle coffee, everywhere. And, you know, S- Seattle's the home of Starbucks. And so um, it, it, the, the coffee culture there was centered around Starbucks and who, you know, you know, who can order the best drink from Starbucks or who's, you know, who has the lingo down the most, you know? And so a lot of it, a lot of, a lot of what I was acclimated to centered around Starbucks. And once I got outside of Virginia or I'm sorry, outside of Seattle and started really traveling, I started going to the different coffee shops because I knew I wanted to open my own one day. Mm. And I mean, this vision, I mean, the vision of having, of wanting like a, like a, a Neil soul cafe or a speakeasy kind of cafe or some type of, you know, artsy, you know, artsy party um, kind of place. I mean, I've wanted that since I was a teenager. So I started visiting places that, you know, kind of fit that, that, that idea or that vision that I had. And it just morphed into me, just traveling all over this, I mean, like you said, this continent, North America, Mm -hmm. um, visiting coffee shops. So everywhere I go, I tell people, if I travel with you, my morning is my morning. And why? Because I'm going to go to somebody's coffee shop. I'm going to sit there. I'm going to soak it all in. I'm going to soak in every part. I'm going to soak in from the time I walk through that door and I'm greeted or I am taking my order to the time I walk out and how I feel when I leave that space. And so just embodying the experience of visiting a lot of these local places, how I feel when I leave that space is what I imagine I want people to feel when they leave my space. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I, I mean, I go, my favorite places to go get coffee, um, around here for sure. Um, I don't have a favorite because we have a really, a ton of really good coffee shops. 
um, I can tell you um, that one of the coffee shops that I admire the most because they have been really good about um, kind of duplicating their model is Town Center Cold Press. Um, mm-hmm. They're really good. I, I, I'm, I'm yeah. good friends with the owners. And I do love, I do love how they, you know, recreated that model. However, there are so many other coffee shops in the area that are like one-offs who don't necessarily have the vision of recreating themselves who have so much to offer and they, their people love them. The experience of sitting there and enjoying the cup of coffee and the craft that they put into it and the love, everything is just phenomenal. And those are, those are really the coffee shops that I look for because Mm -hmm. those are the ones who I've modeled myself after but based on my own authentic on this authenticity i'm not trying to duplicate anyone i just want to be able to create that unique experience the same way Mm. yeah that's funny because that's that's something i thought about in the past too is like i always wanted like my own little coffee shop and in there and it would be more of a a gathering place for like somebody wants to come in and do spoken poetry or have a book reading or something and when I found uh, culture is because I uh, I take my dog over there to get washed or whatever and get his shots at the vet over there. And um, I was like, well, while I'm waiting, I want to get some coffee and something to eat. And I didn't want to go to a big chain place like Starbucks or something. So I'm looking on my phone and I saw culture, vegan joint. You know, I was like, oh, that sounds good. So I get something to eat too. <laughs> And I went over there, I started looking around. I was like, oh, wow, this place is a nice little place. It was amazing. So I call it my favorite little, my favorite little vegan uh, coffee shop. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So that's nice. I love that. Oh. And some other places that I've traveled, like I love Florida. Florida is mm. one of my favorite places. L.A. has always been one of my favorite places. Um New York. I've gone. I went to a really cool place recently in Vermont. I mean, there aren't many black people in Vermont. Yeah, I've been there once or twice. So yeah, I know. (laughs) I love Vermont. It is a nice place because I did not feel out of place at all. And this guy, the guy who actually recommended we go to Vermont, visit Vermont. He was from Vermont. Mm. He said. He's, when I came back, it's ironic that he came through the door, through the door of culture, the day, like the day after I came back. Oh, wow. Um, he says, I was like, you're the one who, who got us to go to Vermont. And, you know, I we started getting into the conversation. Like, There's no black people in Vermont. Like, like, how are you guys so open to to us, you know? And, and just be, he's like, because we don't judge on the person. We judge, oh, I'm sorry, we don't judge on people. In general, we judge on character. That's beautiful. And I was like, that's what I was experiencing. Yeah. Vermont is awesome. Yeah. Awesome coffee shops there. Oh, cool. Yeah, I hear that. uh, Because I am in mixed marriage. So it's like sometimes, you know, especially we got married back in the 90s in California. So it wasn't too bad. But as we came over to the East Coast, it was a little less... um, diverse when it came to marriages like that so we got some weird looks and stuff i was like oh whatever you know (laughs) but now yeah it's all about the love 
Mind your own fucking business. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, I mean, it, it's not like it used to be, so I'm, I'm happy about that. <laughs> but, you made a great choice by opening oh. up and exposing other people's, people's perceptions on marriage and people in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's another thing that culture is all about is whoever walks through that door, they are a human. Mm-hmm. You're going to treat them like they're human and we're not going to alienate anybody. Mm-hmm. That's not what we're about. Yeah. I must say your staff is always happy. Every time I've been in there, they seem to be happy, um, talkative, they're warm. Uh, so that's good. You, you impressed them with that then. <laughs> uh. they're, they're all, I mean, they're all family. I will mm. ride for my, for my staff. I mm. will do anything to try to elevate them. If they have goals, I want mm. them to meet those goals. If they have other businesses that they want to get off the ground, I want them to get those businesses off the ground. I mean, you know, good environments, breed good people mm-hmm. who breed citizens That's who breed right. other other good outcomes as well so yeah you call yourself a disruptor uh what do you mean by that uh is that your idea of the change that you talk about yeah i you know i consider myself a disruptor because i don't like my brain is just something different you know i i it it takes a special kind of person to get me Mm. <laughs> you know, I mean, and, you know, sometimes I'll just talk about different ideas and things that I'd like to see happen. And people will be like, don't re- recreate the wheel. Don't re-. And I'm like, well, why not? Yeah. Why not? I mean, th- if I can, if, you know, if, 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 if you, if you consider, you know, you know, you, you've heard the saying, don't overthink. Right. Right. And of course, like there are times where I almost let that slip out of my mouth. Mm. But then I start to think like, man, we got flying cars. Like we have airplanes. Those are flying cars. We have architecture that is like amazing. Mm. That like, wh- like how did you even construct a piece of glass that is, weighty and you know turns into this really cool you know object like how do we have microscopic flies that are able to spy in your house how are we (laughs) able to have all these things if they didn't tell the common man or all these things wouldn't exist exist if they could if the common man decided to believe that he was overthinking that's right and because a lot of common people decide to consider themselves as overthinking something, mm-hmm. then they limit themselves and they discount the fact that they're thinking at all. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's not fair for someone so innovative to be considered an overthinker. I know Elon Musk <laughs> is not an overthinker. He is a thinker. He is. He is an he is a disruptor. Yes. That's why you hear about that, him all the time. <laughs> exactly. I know that Jay-Z, mm-hmm. Puff Daddy, Johnny Depp, his oh. ass just just blew everybody's mind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, all these people are disrupting mm. the status quo of so mm. many things that have been in place 
that other people were afraid to disrupt because they wanted to stay in the little box and stay safe. And here I'm out here feeding people, you know, vegan crab cake, avocado toast. Mm-hmm. I'm feeding people savory waffles and half and half sweet and savory waffles because I want people, I want to disrupt your taste buds. Mm-hmm. I want to introduce you to flavors that can collide and be amazing together. I want to introduce you to an environment that is unlike any other environment and also like other environments that you can go to be yourself, be the, be the human or the spirit or the whoever you want to be in that, in that environment and just be comfortable being in that environment. Just be comfortable being yourself, be comfortable expressing yourself and being just being one with, Mm. with everything. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, that's what it's all about. And that's why I'm, I, I consider myself a disruptor. Yeah. Yeah. When people say step out of the box, I'm like, no, there is no box. There's nothing there. You're free. You're open for everything. Just got to be open to yes, everything. Yeah. yeah. And you mentioned your waffles. I'd say I'm, I'm not a really big waffle fan all the time, but I, I had the apple cinnamon waffle, waffle <laughs> from your store last weekend. That thing was good. It, it did disrupt the taste. It was awesome. <laughs> they had just enough sweetness and everything into it. It was just, it was great. That was awesome. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. So, oh, man, so you're going to get me hungry now. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, like I was saying, one of the things was, that you did so much for the communities and all the entrepreneurs out there, you know, so, and I noticed that building the community is key for you. So um, what inspires you to be so community-based oriented? So throughout my teenage years, I struggled just feeling like a misfit um, with my peers um, I didn't have the feeling that I was at more advanced. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I had the feeling as if I wasn't as advanced as my peers. Um, and then I also had the feeling that I just felt socially awkward and socially, you know, um, yeah, like I just didn't meet social standards. And so I just, yeah. And, and so it was always like I, I felt like any space that I went to, people didn't really like me or they just they were talking about me or just insecure. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, I was I was in, I was insecurely confident, though. I mean, for, for whatever reason, I always had personal confidence, but social confidence was always my issue. And so I just wanted to be in, I wanted to create the environment that made me feel like I was at home. Oh, nice. Yeah. And other people who've ever felt that way as well. Mm-hmm. I'd i like to be, I like to consider myself the person who saved others from being, being alienated right. from yeah. the world, but that it was a safe space for people. Yeah, I grew up like that, too. A lot of what you were saying rings true in my life. And uh, I, I felt socially awkward and different. And, you know, I grew up in New York, and 
I was bullied a little bit through school, and so that didn't help at all. So that's like when I'm coaching somebody that don't feel like they fit in, you know, that's coming from my heart because that's something that I I felt. So that's why I like helping people like that as well. So, so what are some of the things that you do to help the community? Like, what are some of the activities? Because I see you advertise quite a few act- activities that you do at the Vegan Joint. So we do, we recently just did a community day where we had like an African dancer there. We offered Double Dutch. Um, and I, you know, we, we did a special menu. We had tribal face painting, which is, I'm all about tribal face painting and tri- tribal art. Um, something out of the norm. Um, and, you know, of course, music and all that good stuff. So, and vendors, um, mm-hmm. supporting local vendors. So, we curate events like that so that we can support just the local entrepreneurship community, but also promote um, more cultural aspects to incorporate into your life experience. You know, if you just try something at least once, at least you could say you did it. And if you want to continue to do it, now you're just open to expanding into other areas as well of cultural um, immersion. And so the idea, um, you know, also in addition to that, I, I'm always usually the one organizing. So what I'll do is I will um, offer the opportunities for other people in the community who want to get into organizing or who want to, um, you know, expand their network. I give them the opportunity to also organize. And so that's, um, that's kind of what I've been doing lately is allowing other people to organize events and just kind of either kind of mentoring them or guiding them or kind of giving them the reins and letting them see how they do. And I just kind of curate from there um, because I do have to maintain culture's image. But um, for the most part, I just, I just like to build platforms. I mean, that's how I build community is by offering platforms for people to grow and, and expand and learn from. Well, nice. Well, yeah, I always considered us one big unity anyway, you know, so when you can bring people together like that, that's awesome because we are one big soul group, I like to say, right? We all come together for a reason. You know, we wouldn't have met if it wasn't meant to be for some some reason, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, we have to, and, you know, I strongly believe that we have to understand everybody Mm. in order to understand ourselves and to either be okay or be ready to make a change. And, you know, I think of it like in politics, for example, I have to understand one party Mm -hmm. in order to understand why I'm a part of any of them. Right. I, I, I don't typically get political, but just, just kind of using that as an example, um, you you got to do your research on every on every perception or opinion or whatever so that you can fully understand why you why you why it is you do what you do. And that's that's how I so me traveling, me understanding, you know, what I wanted to do and. Um, who I wanted to be around and what I wanted to create with people. I had to study these people and I had to study everybody and just kind of be open. And when I, when I release control, 
and I released judgment, that's when my world opened up and that's when things really um, became a lot more illuminated as far as why community is just important. Um, it's, it's just important to um, build it and it's important to support it and to continue to, to um, expand it and allow other people to also expand with you. And when they experience you and they experience your openness and how you're able to navigate through all the different um, cultural experiences or, you know, immersive communities, then your life just becomes easier. Mm. Every environment that you get into just becomes easier to navigate. And that's another disruptive idea that some people, you know, some people like the health problems that are attached to people. Mm. It has a lot to do with also their mindset. I mean, if you hate, then your body's going to illuminate hate. Yes. Yes. Which is going to form of health problems. Mm-hmm. If you love, not to say that not everybody, not not to say that even loving people don't experience health issues, but if you experience love, you're going to attract love and you're going to illuminate love. Yeah, and have less issues. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. And an easier transition when that mm-hmm. time comes. Yes. That's my. I want an easy transition. I want a happy transition. I want to know that I am I am laying on my deathbed mm-hmm. and I'm saying thank you for mm-hmm. this this life experience. Thank mm-hmm. you for everything that this life has provided me. Thank you for all the people that I've met, all the people mm-hmm. that I've opened my heart to, all the people who've opened their hearts to me, to their homes, you know, to their exotic selves, all the things that people opened up to me. Um, and all the experiences that I was able to have here, I want to say, I don't want a bunch of, hey, I'm sorry for this. I'm sorry I did this. I know I'm about to leave this body, but I'm sorry I did all this <laughs> shit to hurt everybody. Right. I don't- yeah. Yeah, you know, anybody on their deathbed doesn't say, you know, things like, what do they say? They're on the deathbed. They don't say, I wish I had more money or this or that. They, they wanted the more love. They wanted to be there for their family or whatever more yeah. time yeah that's beautiful yeah you don't want to you don't want to regret dying no you know what i mean you don't yeah. want to be on your deathbed and be like oh man i wish i wasn't dying yeah i'm it's not like, ready you know, it's inevitable at this point right <laughs> what <laughs> yeah i've been all around the world because i i did 26 years in the navy so i've been to several different countries i I always went out and enjoyed the culture of their food, their dance, whatever they did. I liked to go observe it. And the Navy itself was a culture because we had, it was so diverse. And when you're diverse like that, you learn so much more and you begin to understand people so much more and you can't help but to love them like you were saying more because you you do understand now because I saw it, I see what they mean. Um, Like I said, my wife's Filipino and we live that in our household. You know, family lives here, not like a typical American family. Okay, you're 18 and out the door, we have everybody, <laughs> mother-in-law, wife. 
important. Yeah, it's important. Yeah, so that's one of the reasons I love the way you do bring the community together like that because, like you said, it is family. Your workers are family. You know, everybody that comes in your door is family. That's awesome. So what, what are like some of the big, biggest pivotal moments in your life that really helped you realize your goal of doing this, becoming an entrepreneur and creating this business? Challenges. When someone challenges me, I like to hit it head on. Oh, boy. <laughs> and I, I had some, you know, a lot of it had to do with family. Mm-hmm. Um. My dad was a huge motivator in my life. I mean, he really gave me the entrepreneurial bug. Um, He was never 100% entrepreneur. He was always um, like side gigger. Mm -hmm. You know, he, you know, he always had like, you know, some side stuff going on or, you know, um, so he, he was, he was definitely a hard, one of the hardest workers I've ever met. Mm -hmm. Um, and he used to just speak life into me. And for that, I am grateful, um, because he get, he told me about all of my qualities. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say I have, I have personal confidence. Um, and I, and I attribute that to, you know, my parents, you know, my mom, she was adopted and so her adoption, she didn't really know herself. And so um, my parents worked hard to give us an identity so that we can, you know, do just do this life well. Um, and, and, you know, like I said, my dad, me and him, I mean, I wasn't a daddy's girl by no stretch because I was the rebel. I mean, I was the <laughs> one. Yeah, you know, I was jumping out of two-story windows and, you know, I was working two jobs in school and, and just, you know, had boy, had a boyfriend and he had a car. So that means I was gone all the time. And um, I was also a young mother. So I had my first child. I got pregnant at 11 and had my first child at 12. Oh, wow. And so that was a very, very deep, dark time for me. And, you know, just knowing that I could become a statistic um, and I could, you know, I could go a couple different directions that either were gonna take me take me take me up or bring me down and so I just I just had a lot of things going for me and against me and so I was always in the middle of everything just in the middle of trying to figure out which direction I needed to go in order to be successful and so that that always meant you know I would get a job and and then I'd be like okay I'm doing good now what's what's after this I mean Mm. if this if I this is if this is an option then that means this is an option and so it's just, I've just, I've just always been a very good self-motivator. I've always just been able to see bigger for myself and want more. Um, and so I just kind of knew, I just kind of knew that um, anybody who challenged me, I was going to give it to them. I was going to, I was going to, I was going to get, you know, take the job. I mean, there were times where people would, you know, that's a lot, that's a lot of work, that's hard to do, or that, and I never looked at it, I was never offended, Mm. I was always just like, okay, well, let me show you, like, you know, and then when I do it, you can do it, (laughs) (laughs) 
You know, it's it's like it's like who's gonna go in the dark first? Right. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I, I'm not the person that's gonna go first, but in the dark. But I am the person that's like, huh? I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna find other people who can teach me how to do it because I know that they're doing it. And so it's, it's, I mean, it's always been like, well, if you could do it, I could do it. That's very good. Yeah. And I, and I could see that in you too. You could, the, the way you glow about it, you get excited about it. Cause I mean, going through that when you were that young, it's like you said, you could have went in any direction. You could have plummeted 11, 12 years old. You could have plummeted from there, but mm-hmm. so yeah, you, I, probably say a lot of it was because of your father like you said speaking life but if you're not the go-getter if you're not the one to take charge you still could have plummeted either way but that's awesome yeah wow i didn't want to i didn't want i didn't want to plummet and i wanted to travel traveling is a huge part of my life at any given time love is gone (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, there are times where friends are like, hey, you want to hang out today? I'm like, girl, I'm gone. <laughs> I'm on a daycation right now. I'm in D.C. or I'm in North Cackalack somewhere. Uh-huh. I I took the bus to New Jersey, New York. I am just gone. I will see you next week. Awesome. That is me. I have a very flighty spirit, which is what my mom used to tell me. She said, you're flighty. And I'm like, <laughs> and I be like, no, I'm not. And now I'm like, yeah, I'm flighty. I'm a flight risk. (laughs) I was planning on moving to Panama in 2018. I was going to start my business and go. Oh, wow. And uh, the the realistic side is, no, I had to to groom it first and get it prepared. Um, But I I was like, I was already talking to lawyers and, you know, and getting my $5,000 ready for a bank account so I can start it and become a citizen, you know. I mean, I was ready to move to Panama in 2018, and um, that was a part of my five-year goal. And you know, but you know, those are my goals: is I want to travel and I want to build micro communities. And even when I go to Florida, I go to Florida and I know people. I go to the I go to a farmers market out there every time, and I go to you know I go make my rounds and I and I meet people. I see people and then I meet new people, and so. Are you opening another store? Uh, did I see something about that somewhere, or maybe you were just looking at a place or something? So we were considering um, opening a new, uh, a, just a waffle bar oh. um, down in Florida. So that is a goal. Um, you know, we will be expanding. Right now, we're just kind of, you know, figuring out what's next and hmm. what's going to make sense, in, especially in this economy right now. Yeah, right now. Um, yeah, there's just a lot. There's just a lot of things that are in the air, and I have to figure out what I'm going to catch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you never know where it's going to take you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. I hope that with the coming inflation mm-hmm. and you know rising wages and things like that, that it's going to be sustainable for small businesses because right. we are the ones who take the biggest hit. You Definitely. know when. The- yeah, you know, that, that's too bad because some of the smallest businesses are the best ones to go to. And I always like to support, you know, the local businesses over the big chains anyway. Yeah. 
Yeah, I said if you ever wanted to open another one, I live in Lanstown area over here. You can open one over here. <laughs> it's closer. <laughs> <laughs> Lanstown. Wow. Yeah, you're down there. I know where you are. Yeah. So, so I do have a very interesting business model. Mm-hmm. And we may, we, you know, I'm, I'm open to talking to it off camera. Or off, <laughs> off, you know, yeah. But um, I, we do have a very specific and interesting uh, business model that mm-hmm. we're kind of working with. And um, I want to stick to it because, again, I want to disrupt. Yep. And I think it's a very disruptive thing. And I think it's going to help a lot of people. And it's going to make a lot of people love what we're doing. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a blessing what you're doing. Because um, I think I mentioned it, but you walk in your store and you can see counters full of different items for sale and um, paintings and stuff. Are these from different businesses and from just personal people? Like like the paintings. I see some paintings. They're there and then they're gone. So I don't know if they were sold or just on display. So Yeah. Yeah, they're all local. So all the murals that are in there, um, local artists have made their mark. And then there's the paintings that you saw in the, um, the seating area. Mm-hmm. Those are from local artists as well. Um now, as far as the items that are for sale, so there is a mix of um, outside vendors, mostly in like the to-go fridge. We have um, like outside vendors who are all local um, businesses. However, the ones who are on the shelf, most of those are employee products. Oh, okay. So if you purchase those products, you're supporting an employee's um, paycheck, and oh. you're supporting um, you're you're supporting you know them making a little extra money on top of you know their their uh, check so you know that's that's a program that we're actually you know spearheading right now and and putting in a place of course we have to tweak some stuff to make sure that it works out um it makes sense mm-hmm. but yeah so that's a that's a program where we where we basically allow employees we encourage employees who have products to sell their products at culture that's wonderful well, i supported somebody because i got a new thing of sage and uh some energy tea so <laughs> oh yeah so the energy tea was was tennessee she's one of our employees and the other one um is maria she's a previous employee but oh. she's been um but she's she was also she's also been a longtime friend of mine mm. um and so she sells her stuff there too and her stuff does phenomenal i mean all their stuff does phenomenally we have another girl we are honey vegans um so we have another employee who does infused honey and she also does a vegan honey so um so yeah i mean we we just try to support like i said try to support our employees we have two chefs on staff anytime people want catering um we employ those we you know we we basically broker the deal to those chefs and um and you know, get them to cook, and you know, kind of show off their 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 skills. Yeah, you definitely do a great job doing that. Yeah, I'm a big hun- I'm a big honey person. I I go to the uh, to the farmers market over here, and I buy the big jars of honey. I go through lots of it, so I'll have to try some you have in the store since it it also supports locals. Yeah. Yep. You're. Yeah. yeah they're employees, so yeah. you know. If we can't if we can't support them via wages, you know, we try to support them in other ways, and you know, try to keep them happy, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. 
Well, geez, uh, man, this time went by so fast, and uh, hopefully I catch you at the store soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because yeah, every time I'm there, they say, yeah, she's she's not around here too much. I guess now I know why. <laughs> you like to go out and about, so. I, well, I'm also there. I actually have another job. I'm a mortgage loan officer, so. Oh, okay. I, yeah, so I, you know, I do, I do, I, I'm always working. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of, I get that from your spirit. You're a really get to go person. Go go go. <laughs> yeah, which is ironic because I'm I'm actually not as extroverted as people think I am. Right. Um, they call an ambivert. Yeah. Yeah. But I like to say I err more on the introverted side. So I do a lot of my work in solitude, mm-hmm. but also I do a lot of you know of networking and just you know, meeting people and just kind of, you know, keeping myself out there. Yeah. Yeah. I know that I, I'm an ambivert too. I, I like to meet people and be around functions like that, but I need my alone time. Cause as soon as I leave, I like just drain everything. I'm dead. <laughs> this is my second interview today. And oh, wow. like, I'm, I'm going to clunk out. I'm oh. like, Okay. Stranger things, it is. <laughs> we maxed your gas limit. <laughs> oh. Yes, the gas is expensive right now, oh. so it's going to take a lot of sleep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hear you. Okay. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you uh, joining me, and I really do hope to meet you again. And I frequently shop every time I go up that that side of town, you know, because... You know, I, I'll make an excuse to get a haircut over there or something. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I appreciate you inviting me on to your podcast, and I wish you the best. Oh, thank you. Uh, and I hope that, you know, I was I provided you with some good, valuable insight on culture. <laughs> you definitely did. And uh, like I said, I love the slogan, too. That, that was awesome. <laughs> And it's great how the universe brings the things all together. And then uh, I said, I wanted to, once I once I found your store, I said, I want to find out who the owner is. And I, I want to see if I can interview her or him because I didn't know who you were. And then Q said, oh, yeah, I know. Love, I know love. And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> so it's amazing how it all comes together. You know, we are one community and it's awesome. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay, well. I am. All right, well, thank you very much. We're going to run into each other soon. <laughs>